0: What up everybody, it's me, George Becknell, and I'm back in the paint. It's game one of the NBA Finals tonight. So that's what we're talking about. We're going to talk about what we learned in the Conference Finals. We're going to talk about what to expect in the NBA Finals. Does Cleveland have a shot? We're going to talk about where does Golden State Warriors team rank all time? Where does LeBron rank all time? And also, I got to address the LeBron hive. Y'all do too much. So stick around. The show will be right back after this. This episode of In the Paint is brought to you by Seven Stitches Lifestyle Boutique. You can shop online at shop7stitches.com. That's www.shop the number 7stitches.com or in person at 415 Lee Avenue, Lafayette, Louisiana, 70501. Phone number 337-484-3720. And remember, at 7stitches, we don't just sell clothing, we sell a lifestyle. All right, everybody. It's one of my favorite times in the year. Today marks the first game Of the NBA Finals. And we have a matchup that nobody predicted, right? I mean, only everybody in America knew at the beginning of the season. It was going to be Golden State and Cleveland again. Golden State, Cleveland, part four starts tonight, right? Um, But the season didn't go as expected for these teams. Golden State won 58 games this year. Which was very un-Golden State of them. Uh, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers have been consistently inconsistent the whole year. I mean, they start out winning and they start losing. Then they trade half the roster. Then you go on a win streak. Then you go on a losing streak. You you are four seed in the playoffs. Um, You go seven against the Pacers. You sweep the Raptors. Go seven against the Celtics. And now you're in the NBA Finals. So... You know, two totally different years for, for these two ball clubs, but nonetheless, they're still where everybody expected them to be at the beginning of the year, and that's in the NBA Finals. So, just a quick recap of the, of the Conference Finals. Um, both of these series went seven, uh, the Golden State beat the Rockets in seven, and the Cavaliers beat the Celtics in seven, both these teams had to go on the road to win, which was pretty interesting. I think that might be the first time that's ever happened. It's the first time since 1979 both conference finals went seven and I can't tell you a time where both of the both of the winners won on the road in game seven. that's that's pretty rare. but anyway, so what do we learn? To me, these series, both of these series t- taught us a lot. Um, in the West, you know, it looked like the Rockets kind of had the upper hand for a while. It was very, very unfortunate that Chris Paul was injured um, during game five, and the Rockets lost game six and seven. Um, Andre Iguodala for the Warriors had injury problems himself, so neither one of these teams were fully up to par but as true champions do, the Warriors find a way to win. Um, you know, they were down 3-2. They had to win a game six at the, on their home floor, and they had to go on the road and win game seven. Um, it didn't look very, very likely because the, the Rockets were playing good basketball, but the Warriors took care of business, you know, in the words of an old Rockets coach, um, Rudy Tom Jonovich, you can never underestimate the heart of a champion. Well, the Warriors got it done, and that's why they're the defending champs. Um, but one thing that, was, that stood out to me during the series, too, if you think about it, Chris Paul played Steph Curry very, very physical. And Steph didn't adjust well to that if you paid attention. On um, the first two games of the series, Steph shot very poorly. Um, it was very un like If Chris Paul would have been able to play the rest of the series, do the Rockets have a better chance to win this series? Absolutely. But I can I can see where... Chris Paul neutralized Steph Curry a little bit because of his physical play. Um, and Steph didn't respond well. He shot poorly, especially in the first couple of games. So, you know, to me, that's something that stands out tremendously. You know, you gotta know that Tyron Lue and the Cleveland Cavaliers were watching that film, right? Um, going over to Cleveland, you know, what did I learn in that series? I mean, other other than like LeBron James, is an all time great. I mean, he put the team on the on his back. I mean, it's you know we knew LeBron was great, right? But we've never seen this before. I mean, the guy's a 15 year vet. Um, he's playing almost the whole game. He put the team on his back to get him to the, to get him back to the finals. It's nothing short of amazing. But I was also impressed with Jeff Green. Jeff Green is a guy that can force the Warriors to defend one-on-one. I thought he played well. You can throw him the ball, he can go get you a bucket. He doesn't have to rely on the offense or rely on LeBron James to create him a shot to be able to score, and he played well. You know, he had his moments to where I, I think he had 19 in game seven, so this is a guy that can make a difference against Golden State. And uh, Kyle Corver, I mean, what can you say about him? He's a shooter. He was lights out. He, was, he, he had a lot of shots in a bunch of key games. So those two guys are going to have to play really well to be able to have a chance against these Warriors. So speaking of a chance, you know, you got Kevin Love coming out of concussion protocol. He missed game seven. He's day to day for the Cavaliers. You got Andre Iguodala, who's out for at least game one. He may be out longer um, with a knee injury. So, with that being said, what can we expect from this series? You know, you look at the Warriors, obviously, they're the heavy favorite, justifiably so. You got Kevin Durant, who, in my opinion, is the second best player in the NBA behind LeBron James. You got possibly the greatest shooter ever in Steph Curry. Klay Thompson is nothing to sneeze at. He's a perennial all-star for a reason. And Draymond Green is the guy that does all the dirty work. And that's just the, the stars. You know, you got guys like Sean Livingston that could come off the bench and give you good minutes. Uh, JaVale McGee could have, could finish around the basket. Zaza Petrucia, Petruia, excuse me, is a solid center, you know, in the league. So, I mean, the Warriors are stacked. They should be to have a favorite. Looking at this Cavaliers team, it's LeBron James and his backup singers. (laughs) You know, LeBron has been playing out of his mind. This dude has been getting like 40 point triple doubles and whatnot. You know, at being a 15 year vet, 33 years old, it's amazing that he's playing on the level that he's playing. With the amount of minutes that he's playing, um, with all that being said, I think the Warriors are gonna win the series, but it's definitely not gonna be a sweep. And I wouldn't be shocked, you know. And look, I want y'all to really hear me on this one: the Cleveland Cavaliers will probably stretch this thing to six games. I know what you're thinking. But George, this team lost in five last year with Kyrie Irving. I get it. But one thing that this trade did for the Cavaliers at the trade deadline was upgrade their athleticism. Right? You know, D-Wade, who, look, D-Wade in his prime one of my all time favorite players. But the D way that I saw play this year can't help the Cavaliers against the Warriors. He just can't. He had to go. Isaiah Thomas, good player. But against somebody like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson is a defensive liability. The last thing you want to get into with these Golden State Warriors is a is a scoring contest. You don't want trade baskets with the Warriors. That's a recipe for you to lose. You can't do that. So, by going out and get a George Hill, a Jordan Clarkson, a Larry Nash Jr., you've upgraded the athleticism to your team. Now, do I think they're as good as the Warriors? I'd have to be crazy to think that. Do I think they match up better with the Warriors now than it did at the beginning of the season? Absolutely. And that's why I think this trade was made. So, looking at it, even though these role players, they didn't really look that great against Boston, they could come and they can defend against the Warriors because they're athletic. And another thing, the key to this series, if the Cavaliers have any shot at all, They have any shot at all. You have to play LeBron in the post. I'm going to say it again. LeBron James has to play with his back to the basket. Because if LeBron plays in the post, that does three things, three positive things for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number one, I just talked about not trying to outscore the Warriors, not trying to trade baskets with them. The Warriors play a very high-paced game. They want to get out and run. They They want to make layups in transition. They want to shoot threes in transition. They have excellent ball movement. You cannot allow the Warriors to control the tempo of the game because they'll run you out of the gym. If LeBron plays in the post... That'll slow the game down. Kind of like the effect that Shaq had with the Lakers in the early 2000s. You, you dumped the ball into Shaquille O'Neal and you just let him go. Well, LeBron is the biggest, fastest person on the court. Most powerful. You put him in the paint. Nobody on that Warriors team is capable of dealing with LeBron in the paint. Andre Aguadala might be the most qualified, and he's out game one. And who knows if he'll be at 100% at any point in this series. Draymond Green, great defender. He's not equipped to deal with LeBron in the paint. Either JaVale McGee, Kevin Durant, whoever you want to put on him, cannot deal with LeBron in the paint. So that's going to slow things down for the Cavaliers and take possessions away for the Warriors. The second thing that does, I already discussed how LeBron played most of the game, every game of the series against the Boston Celtics, right? That man is tired. You're getting him the ball in the paint. You're getting him the ball in the post that allows him to conserve his energy on the offensive side of the basketball court. If you don't have LeBron facilitating running the offense, moving without the ball, driving, going ISO basketball, you know, because LeBron has done a lot of ISO in these playoffs, that wears him down. But if you get him the ball in the paint, that allows LeBron to get some buckets without exerting a lot of energy because he's going to have to play defense against these Warriors That's that. he's going to have to play at both ends of the court you have to conserve LeBron some energy because for the Cavaliers to have any shot in this thing LeBron has to be somewhat fresh in these four quarters to be able to take over the game for them to have a chance so that could serve some of LeBron's energy Number three, the last thing it does. If LeBron is in the paint, and I just talked about how nobody on the Warriors team is equipped to deal with LeBron. That forces the Warriors to make a decision, right? That forces that forces Golden State to say, "Hey, we go just let LeBron get his 47 points, and that be that, and dominate in the post." Or B, you have to help. You will have to bring some some help to deal with LeBron in the post. LeBron is one of the best, if not the best, passer in the league. That frees up people like Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, all these shooters that you have on this Cavaliers basketball team that gives them open looks because nobody else has been able to really create a shot on this Cavaliers team with the exception of Jeff Green. So you have to get these guys some open looks. If Tyron Lue could get LeBron James in the paint and get him in the paint early and continue to go to them, the Cavaliers have a outside shot in this series. I'm not saying they're going to win. But I think they can make it really interesting. So, something else I always find interesting is the legacy factor. You know, playoffs, NBA Finals is where legends are made, right? You have two really, really interesting legacies going on right now, right? You have... The Golden State Warriors, who have an opportunity to win three out of four titles. So in four years, you won three titles. Since the NBA-ABA merger, there's only been three different teams that's been able to do that, right? You have the Showtime Lakers, who won 85, 87, 88. Mike and Scotty pulled off two three-peats in Chicago in the 90s. And the Lakers, with Kobe and Shaq, pulled off a three-peat in the early 2000s. So, this Golden State Warrior team, if they're able to pull off this championship, where does that put them all time? You know, a lot of people might feel a certain type of weight because after they won seventy games of the season and broke the all-time regular season record, they went out there and got Kevin Durant, which is fair. It's definitely a fair feeling, but if you think about it, that still it still doesn't stop this team from being great. So I can't believe I'm saying this as the avid Bulls fan that I am, if this Warriors team pulls this off, you have to put them up there as being just as good as any team in NBA history. You know, you have to do it. You know, now granted, not many people has had the amount of talent that they've able, that they've been able to accumulate. Well, that's that's kind of debatable between them and the Showtime Lakers. You know, all those Hall of Famers they had, uh, but you, you got to put them up there. So this Golden State team has an opportunity to really cement themselves as one of the all-time great teams in NBA history, if not the all-time greatest. Um, The way they've dominated the NBA in the time they've been together under Steve Kerr has been nothing short of remarkable. You know, to win three out of four titles would be amazing. And the one year that you didn't win the title, you lost in in game seven in the NBA Finals, but you won an NBA season record of 73 games. The only team in NBA history not to lose 10 games in a regular season. So, we'll see what happens. They're obviously the heavy favorite. But, if they pull this off, you got to put them up there. You have to put them up there as one of the greatest teams, if not number one. You know, they had Kobe and Shaq won three in a row. But Kobe and Shaq didn't have what this team has. You didn't have four perennial All-Stars. Mike and Scotty. in my opinion, the best duo to ever play with each other. But Dennis Rodman and Luke Longland, them didn't look like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. <laughs> they just didn't. You know, you, you got to put this team up there. So, it, it, you know, I know it's early. The series hadn't started. But let the debate begin. So y'all hit me up Y'all know my social media by now It'll be in the description Let me know What do you think Or where you think This Golden State team ranks When it's all said and done Among the all time great teams I want to know But the other legacy we got at State Obviously is that of LeBron James You know a lot of people giving LeBron credit, a lot of credit, and deserving so. You know, to go to eight straight finals. Even if the Eastern Conference is weak, which it is. Um, I thought this year was the toughest the Eastern Conference has been in years. And not not taking away from anything he's accomplished, because this year he earned it. Um But going to the 8th straight finals, is nothing to sneeze at. He has three titles. You know. At this point in his career, in the 15th year in his career, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. He's already 7th all-time in total points in NBA history. He's 11th in assists. He has four MVPs. Four league MVPs. He only trails... Kareem, who has six of them, the NBA record. Michael Jordan has five. Bill Russell has five. So LeBron and Will Chamberlain are tied for fourth all-time with four MVPs. And if if he's able to pull off the title this year against what many people would assume is the greatest collection of talent on one team since the Showtime Lakers has to be a great feat. You know, it, it has to be a great feat. So if LeBron gets his fourth ring, where do you put him? Um, Where do you put him all the time? Do you put him in front of Kobe Bryant? I think the fourth ring would do it. I know Kobe has five. But Kobe only has two league MVPs. Kobe uh, also had the most dominant player ever to play with him for the first three. For the first three titles, that is. Um, Definitely puts him in front of Magic. He's already in front of Bird to me. Um, Yeah, I think if LeBron pulls this off, He's number two. He's number two in NBA history. If he he wins his fourth ring against this team, he is the second greatest player in NBA history. And the only reason he can't leapfrog Michael Jordan, the only reason why, is because Mike never had moments where he didn't show up. He never did. 'Cause a lot of people don't remember Mike losing. You know, you 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 look at you look at Mike and a lot of people remember like fadeaway Mike, you know, I'm the king of the NBA Mike. But Mike was a bad dude and he was losing, you know. For a good example, in his second year, he got swept by the eighty six Celtics. A lot of people consider that to be one of the greatest teams of all time. He went for 63 in the garden. He was there. Um you know, you you look at the way the Pistons played him. The Pistons beat him up. But he he they, nobody ever criticized Mike for not showing up. They might have criticized him for not passing the ball. They criticized him for being a scoring champ that can't win, but he never had moments to where you wondered if his efforts were there. LeBron James had a few of those. You know, there was that Dallas Mavericks series his first year in Miami where I thought the Miami Heat was a much better basketball team than that Dallas Mavericks team. Not throwing in the shade at Durkin Company, but they should have won. There was a Boston Celtics series somewhere around 08. You know, LeBron kind of faded off in that series. And and it's not that I feel like he should carry that stigma for the rest of his career because I feel like he's overcome that. But if you're going to compare him to the greatest player ever, that has to come up. Also, you know, a lot of people talk about LeBron's finals opponents. Yeah, these Golden State Warriors, man, ain't no joke. (laughs) This is some of the best teams to ever play. But LeBron's road to the finals is fairly easier than Mike's, you know. Now, Mike's finals opponents were nothing to sneeze at. He played a Hall of Famer or two. Every year he he won a championship, he played one or two Hall of Famers in the NBA finals every year. Going from the Showtime Lakers, well, the the end of the Showtime Lakers with Magic, Worthy, um, Clyde Drexler in Portland, Charles Barkley in Phoenix, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp in Seattle and Stockton and Malone twice. There's nothing to sneeze at. They're just not as good as the Warriors. But LeBron, his trek through the East was so much easier than Mike's. You know, you had the New York Knicks back in the day, Patrick Ewing. That was some bad dudes. You had to get over the Detroit Pistons. Shaq and Penny, when they were together in Orlando, wasn't that nice. You know, Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Morning within Miami. Those Indiana Pacers teams, Mike. Mike had it easier in the finals. But his trek through the east was harder. So I can't put LeBron in front of Mike for, for all of those reasons. But I said all that to say this. If LeBron gets his done this year, for me, he's number two. That means he's done enough to be number two. Um, I'm curious to know what y'all think. I know this is a hot topic. I've touched on it before. But, you know, LeBron's legacy is always, you know, it's, it's always something to talk about because he's earned that right to be discussed amongst the greats of all time. He he has. He's that great. But with that being said, I gotta take a second to address the LeBron fans, also known as the LeBron Hive. Um, I, I'm on the internet a lot. I'm on social media a lot. I love reading the memes and and all the stats and everything that that people uh, put on the internet. It's entertaining. I, I love to see it. I love to engage in some of it sometimes because it's fun, right? But, man, I'm seeing all kind of stats that I never even thought of. Like, there's a stat that uh, Colin Coward brought up saying that LeBron James surpassed Michael Jordan because he was better in elimination games. I'm like, are you serious? You know, just because he has a better win percentage in elimination games? You know, you, you, how do you make a stat about elimination games when somebody is, has a sub-500 record in the finals compared to somebody who's undefeated in the finals? Or you'll have a stat saying LeBron scores more points than Mike in the full quarter between the fifth minute and the eighth minute of the full quarter, or something crazy like that, right? You know... They, it didn't, Not only that, there's always an excuse. LeBron never has help. LeBron played with D-Wade, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and lost NBA Finals. Not saying it's his fault. Everybody that needs some help. But stop acting like the man never had help. Stop acting like LeBron goes to the arena, picks four players out of the stadium to go play with. Stop it, man. Y'all do too much. LeBron is already an all-time great. The man has handled his business. The man deserves all the accolades that's coming his way. You do not need to pad his stats or come up with some obscure stuff that don't even matter or down his teammates that he's played with every year. I'll give give you that. This year is probably the weakest team he's had since 07. Got it. But stop acting like LeBron never played with nobody. Stop acting like this man has never had any teammates. He's never had any help. LeBron's had help. Stop downing his former teammates, current teammates to elevate LeBron. He's already elevated himself. Just stop it. LeBron, how have you do too much? Now, with that being said, my series prediction. I'm going to go with Golden State, obviously. To pull this off. But they pull it off in six. They pull it off in six. Because I think there's a game. Or two. Where the Cavaliers are very physical with Steph and he's off. I think Kevin Durant has a tough game. Especially being matched up with LeBron. And I think LeBron plays well enough to get him two wins. It'd be interesting. I'd love to, for debate purposes, to see LeBron get this fourth ring and to see him beat this team, beat this Warrior team. But it's just not going to happen. So I got Golden State in six. You know, it's been a while. I thoroughly hope that y'all enjoyed the show. I love interaction as always. I'm listening. I'm always looking for some new topics. If you have any comments, concerns, or feedback, please hit me up. My Instagram is at n underscore the underscore paint. And my Instagram is George underscore Becknell. So hit me up. Let me know what you think. And I'll see y'all next time in the paint.